Yeah, ten, ten, right? Ten. Including you. I'm in you. Well, you need to Always good to have a meeting. you, are God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments, and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people, Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Thank you. Uh, you want, to hit the, you want the, the promised, promised land, land, which is fellow heirs. That is now on the audio. That's right. So if you happen to be within you know, 200 feet, <laughs> um, we do want to uh, welcome the folks from Torah North, who I uh, assume are, are listening in, and uh, also to Bill and Karen Lensmeyer and their two sons, uh, who got up this morning and it was 18 degrees below zero. Ooh. Where is that? That's chilly. I don't know where they are, but it must be north of here. Uh, that would be Antarctica. Antarctica, <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Northern Sweden gets that cold, too, I would know. So, uh, when you yeah. said that's cold, chilly, I thought you were Cold stuff. That is, that is cold. Pilots, chilly, weird. The pilots start freezing. It's like a Chilly. That's right. God never intended for this. Okay, so we're going to... We're going to open up with uh, what the Duck Dynasty controversy is really all about. Uh, one of Bill O'Reilly's Talking Points memos, and uh, uh, I think you'll uh, you'll appreciate that. Um, before we do that, I do want to uh, wish you a very merry Christmas. Um, if that's your preference, in a Jewish way. I have uh, I've been saying Merry Christmas to so many people of late, and that is always with a keeper on. And uh, if you read uh, my last post, uh, the that was great. Thank you. The uh, the concept of someone wanting to wish me a happy Hanukkah, I think, is the essence of love. I really do. Here's, here's a Christian man. He doesn't want to offend me. He obviously wants to honor me and my faith. So he says, Happy Hanukkah. But he doesn't even know that Hanukkah is long past. <laughs> but he doesn't want to offend me. That's okay. But what a great opportunity now, because Hanukkah was so early, to be able to say, Well, gosh, Merry Christmas. And by the way, and you, you were the post. Yeah, so. Anything to do with it. That's right, Dave. <laughs> nothing to do with one another. So it was a good deal. Huh. So, at any rate, um, tonight we'll look at uh, at this and, and go through this controversy a little bit. Talk about homosexuality. Um, I mean, Duck Dynasty is not about Kung Pao Orange Duck. I don't think so. I had no idea about it since you know we don't have the television thing. So I'm not up on the on the shows that are out right now. We're watching uh, old shows with our Apple TV. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, evidently this long-haired hippie kind of guy and his entire family seem to be on TV all the time. And they're super conservative. And I religious. Super conservative. And religious. And they're into firearms. Thank you. Oh, oh yes. 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 There is salvation. And That's salvation. right. Hence <laughs> 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 the beard. Hence the beard, right. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Um, so before I get all <laughs> tied into this into this class, I do want to clearly make my um, my concern and, and my my great reverence for each one of you very apparent. I'm grateful for each one of you. You helped me in my walk, and I wish that this year, calendar year ahead. And the religious year that we're in the midst of is just going to be spectacular for you. I really I think it's going to be great. So. All right. We'll open with, uh, with My what the Duck Dynasty controversy is really all about. And uh, just listen to and watch us. Watching us tonight. What the Duck Dynasty controversy is really all about. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. This man, Phil Robertson, 67-year-old head of the Duck Dynasty TV Dynasty, has said publicly that a number of folks are going to hell. Among them, adulterers, greedheads, drunkards, slanderers, and homosexuals. It is the last group that has ignited a firestorm. The A&E Network has suspended Mr. Robertson for what they perceive as anti-gay remarks, and now his family is threatening to quit the show Duck Dynasty, which could cost the Disney and Hearst companies, which own A&E, hundreds of millions of dollars. The reaction to Phil Robertson's remarks has been intense, to say the least. Mm -hmm. To get rid of the most popular patriarch on television today, uh, I, I tell you, there are other networks that would just nab these guys up in a heartbeat. A&E really screwed up on this one. The world is changing, the country's changing, and even the state in which Mr. Robertson lives is changing and he needs to get in line. I was very disappointed in A&E, but I think you see a growing political correctness amongst the left, where, again, they say they're for tolerance, they say they're for diversity, but only if you agree with them. The unfortunate thing about all of this is we are trumpeting this as a First Amendment issue when it has, it is, you know, couldn't be anything further uh, from that. You know, no one has a constitutional right to a reality show or a paycheck or anything else. I, I, I think that the guy said is ignorant. But I also have an inclination to support a world where saying ignorant on television doesn't get you kicked off that medium. This is what happens when you have true free freedom of speech. You can say these things and then you have to suffer the consequences. Look, offensive to me, I do believe in the right to free speech, but I think the marketplace should decide what should happen to this franchise. I would have said something on the order of his views are vile, according to many people. We don't agree, we don't endorse his views, but he has the right to have his point of view, and uh, you know, it is his legitimacy and his frankness that makes him so appealing to people. It's just ridiculous. I mean, for me, this is someone who's clearly bigoted, someone who clearly doesn't have a sense of history, and someone who, who represents, quite honestly, a mindset that isn't exclusive to him. There are many people in America who believe this but corporations have a right to say we don't want to stand next to this type of person sure. talking points believes mr robertson has a constitutional right to define his religious beliefs but is misguided by targeting specific groups of people for damnation if you adhere to the christian philosophy you know that jesus was quite clear all judgments about the consequences of sin are to be made by god and god alone we're all sinners, and because of that, the Gospel of Luke 6.37 mandates, mandates that Christian human beings refrain from judging others. Again, 
That is God's prerogative. Now, you either buy into Christianity or you don't. So Mr. Robinson's vision is flawed, according to Luke. As I said last night, this controversy is helping anti-Christian forces in the USA. The secular progressive movement seizes upon stuff like this to portray Christians as cruel fanatics, people only interested in imposing their point of view on the nation. I don't know Mr. Robertson, but I believe he is acting according to his conscience. But in the process, he's actually hurting his own cause. Having written a book about Jesus, I know this much. He was adamantly against bad behavior that injures other people. But he would not condemn a woman in his presence who was an adulteress. And time after time, the Nazarene persuaded folks that his way of living was worthy because it was so compassionate. Homosexual Americans should not be demonized, just like devout Christians should not be demonized. And people of strong beliefs should understand the big picture. Portraying gay Americans as sinners gives license to harm them. It's insulting and demeaning. Jesus would persuade, not condemn. There has been no one more involved in protecting Judeo-Christian tradition in America than me. I fully understand how the far-left secular progressives want to change this country. And in order to do that, they have to marginalize people of faith, people like Mr. Robertson, who oppose unfettered abortion, gay marriage, and other SP causes. But you win the battle by reason and by putting forth the strongest argument for the greater good of all Americans. No one on earth can read the hearts of fellow human beings. No one but God knows why people do what they do. Phil Robertson is a man of strong faith, and that should be respected. A&E was wrong for suspending him, but not wrong for challenging his methods. We in America are all in this together, and that includes gay people. Right now we are divided by ideology, race, moral philosophy, and personal conduct. The more we all we all try to bridge those gaps, the stronger this country will be. I'm Greg Gutfeld, in for Bill O'Reilly tonight. Thanks for watching us. The Duck Dynasty fiasco, that's a subject. And that's the subject of this class. Right. Okay. Um, so I just want to say that this topic is a good one. It actually hit home for me this week, or rather hit the office for me this week, when I found out that one of my fellow co-workers is a gay rights promoter and was horribly offended by the comments and how incredibly anti-Christian it was of him to say these awful things about other people. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just bite my tongue right now because A, I don't argue with women, and B, it's, I don't really want to tick off a coworker I have to share an office with. Okay, so... Real quick, I just want to say, at the very end of all of this, he also mentions that he is not extremely against what people do. He's, he's basically what he's saying is, he's against what they're doing, but he doesn't want to change. If that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. But he's just <coughs> against the idea. Okay, so let me tee this up by saying that I respect Bill O'Reilly immensely. He's Catholic, and he's extraordinarily conservative, and seems to be a, a, bo a voice of balance and reason uh, in Fox News. 
That said, where I normally agree with Mr. O'Reilly, almost 100% of the time, I think he missed the mark. So before I tell you what I think, let me hear what you think about what he said. So we've got two comments already. This is timely, and he's not trying to change that. Do you think it's our mandate to change homosexual behavior? That's God's doing. That's God's doing. Okay. You seem to fall then in line with Mr. O'Reilly. Well, he, he controls the world. Who does? God. He does. He's made us. Yes. He also gives us free will. So we can choose to obey or disobey. Exactly. Stand by. Yes. I would like to point out that that judgment comment that uh, it's according to Luke 6.37, we should never judge. Um, that may have been in a specific context. However... 1 Corinthians 6 says the following, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? Well, you would agree, would you not, Taylor, that his, the understanding that he's been taught of that Luke passage is actually incorrect. I would agree with that. Your statement. His book that he's referencing uh, is supposedly getting back to the historical Jesus, and it couldn't be further than that. Let's not get off track. Returning to that subject, though. Luke 6. His take was Luke 6 says we shouldn't judge at all. That's just up to God. What's your take on Luke? Well, unfortunately, that statement is a statement of judgment. Be that as it may, what's your take on Luke? I would need to look at the actual Luke. Well, I mean, come on, you know it. Judge not, lest you be judged. And essentially what but what's Yeshua the is saying there is that what you're judging, you should be fair right. in your judging because that same rule is going to be applied to you. Right. And I would replace your phrase using fair and replace it with just. Okay. Right? Okay? So I'm real big on, we're not into fairness as believers. We're into justice. Getting what's deserved, correct. Exactly. So Luke 6 actually teaches that we are to judge, but we need to get our own house in order before we judge, right? Yes, and it's like the parable of the taking the log out of someone's eye. You are to remove the log out of your eye and then remove the speck. It's Precisely. not as though you just let it stay there. Exactly. Which is in that Good. same chapter. It, it, it is part and parcel part of the context. Yes, sir. I think where O'Reilly missed it is and it was kind of funny because he is the self-appointed champion of Judeo-Christian. Values. That's right. Here he is. Nobody's done more. Nobody. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm if sure. that were true, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. If that were true, then what he should have said is, look, if somebody is simply stating what the Scripture says. Oh no, that hasn't been brought up yet. Phil Robertson wasn't actually giving his opinion, was he? Oops. He wasn't. He was, he was actually opinion. quoting the scripture. So, 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 if if I say if I quote Leviticus eighteen twenty two, you should Ooh. not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. 
Okay. I didn't pass any judgment on anybody. I'm just simply telling you this what, is what, God, God what God says about the matter. Right. So, if if O'Reilly was really defending Judeo-Christian value, he should have said, "Wait a minute! Everybody's wanting to you know haul Phil Robertson out back and stone him because he's being judgmental." No, no, no. He didn't. He didn't. As far as I know, I and I haven't read all the backstory here, but you know, he didn't point to any. He didn't name any person individually. He just said, "The scriptures say." These things are problematic, and people who practice them are, you know, are, you. are, are, are going to have an issue with God. Sooner according or later. To, sooner or later, according to the scripture. Right. That's not Phil passing judgment on anybody. I agree with you 100%. However, it's my understanding, getting the quotes, that while he did simply quote the scripture and almost verbatim up to a certain point, he never said he was quoting the scripture. And of course, every liberal that's listening right. isn't going to have any clue. And that's why is. O'Reilly really missed the, the, the boat here, because exactly. as the defender of Judeo-Christian values, he should have made it—he should have made it a point to make sure everybody know, knew that he was simply quoting, quoting the scripture. scripture. Yeah, exactly right. So. Josh, I got you. Okay. Um, well, one of the things I mean, along those lines. Uh, Mr. O'Reilly missed part of his own half of the book. He's reading from Luke, but he missed Revelation and 1 Corinthians that actually the list that Phil Robertson gives is the list about people who are not a part of the kingdom of heaven. If you're in this category, sorry. That's, that's your choice. And something as a, as a something of a journalist in my past, I want to comment that I think people oftentimes misunderstand interviews. They assume that the, the interviewer looks at the guy and says, so what would you like to share with me today? And the guy goes, you know what? Homosexuals are going to hell. I just wanted to get that out there. And usually the way that it's set up, and I haven't read the interview, so I don't know for certain exactly how it was phrased, but usually the interviewer is trying to get something controversial to make the story interesting. Yeah, it, so they'll query the guy, you believe that homosexuality is wrong. How bad is it? Or you believe that homosexuality is wrong. Are they going to hell? You know, something in, to that effect. In this case, he was actually being quoted from a, a lesson he taught at a church years ago. So, it wasn't even an interview. Yeah, so somebody deliberately trying to dig up something. That they and the other say. comment that I think I've heard that he made was somehow connecting homosexuality to bestiality. Well, he started going through a history of mankind, starting with Adam and basically going through our sad state of affairs. Right. That we get involved in all of these sexual sins and there's nothing different his, his, the way he laid it out may have not have been best but his, his play was since the beginning we've been doing the same stuff we've been sinning since the beginning and he took an interlude to make it clear he sinned mm -hmm. big time went through a little bit of his past however this is what we as, as men and women do it's wrong, and we should. Well, I had a bite. I, I bit my tongue with my coworker. Her main issue was the comparison of homosexual to bestiality. And I was really tempted to ask, but I didn't want to get in the argument. What do you think is the difference? Because people who you know want to do that with their pets or whatever would probably feel every bit as justified as a homosexual would. And I don't really know what liberals have to stand on as their argument as to what the difference between the two is. 
different class, but good point. <laughs> yeah, we know. I mean, I think there was a Queen of England that actually died that way, but that's a different story too. Yes. Well, this is really interesting because I, on a very, very tiny scale, I actually have experienced the exact same thing that he's going through. I posted 1 Corinthians 6, 9 on my Facebook, okay. like maybe a year or two ago. And I nope. did it deliberately. Not the folks behind the blue light that have no right. idea what 1 yeah. Corinthians 6, so 9 is. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9, like. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? What? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor vilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean and that such were some of you. Homosexuality will inherit the kingdom? Or different class. Different class. Right. So, <laughs> and, and it was interesting amendments. because I, I didn't really post that around the time of that, all that controversy around the Amendment 1 and, yeah, yeah. and trying to yeah. legalize gay marriage or. Yeah. or at least get the ball rolling with that, to, to point out the inconsistency in a lot of people that point fingers at homosexuals but then ignore drunkards, especially a lot of college friends who completely ignore that part, or greedy, or a lot of these other things that Paul is lumping in with yeah. homosexuality. Yes. And so sure enough, somebody from my old school went posted, off. yeah, went off, Made a couple sarcastic comments, but then it got really heated. Sure, and that he, Bartos guy—he's such. Uh, well, yeah. It, of owner. course, all the personal attacks start coming, mm -hmm. and um, and then so I was like, you know what? Actually, it was him. He he said, "Why don't we? Why don't we get coffee so that this isn't you know a, a comment thread that's expanding past fifty here?" And so we did, and it was interesting because I didn't know it at the time, but he was a homosexual. So it was fascinating to hear his opinion of this. And mm -hmm. it was interesting because the only way, oh, it would really set him off with this, is, and what's so funny about this argument is most homosexuals don't agree in the validity of the Bible. That was his whole basis of the entire argument was the Bible isn't even valid for our lives anyway. That was written way back then. And he went to Christian school with me, which is interesting. But he, that, that was the source of our contention there. It wasn't what the Bible said. It wasn't whether or not God said it or it's not. Whether it, it was authoritative. Whether it was authoritative. What makes a school Christian? Is it the people inside that teach, or the people inside that attack? That's a good question. Ruler, that could be. So, ruler, yeah. so anyway, it was it was a fascinating conversation because I, I mean one of the biggest points I was trying to bring out was this whole issue of, and Mr. Upham kind of touched on it as well, but the whole issue of tying behavior to a specific people group and becoming defined by that. And I, I basically said, kind of candidly, like, what is it with you guys in trying to define yourselves by what you do in your own home? Like, this is one aspect of all of your entire life, and that's what you're labeling yourself as? I mean, that seems so... Patty? Yeah. It, it's, it's insignificant compared to the, the other things that a human participates in. Did you win that argument? Well, he just said that in order to in order to get our, our rights to uh, to law and to court, we need to band together and emphasize that aspect. Do you think that they are banding together and emphasizing that aspect successfully? Yeah. Big Would you say that when less than two percent of the population actually can change laws in thirty states and get Supreme Court rulings in their favor? That they New know. Mexico, two weeks ago, was the 17th state in the union to legalize same-sex unions. So we have 17 of the 50 
five, ten years max whole country will. It, it's amazing. Less that, than two percent last, but so less than two percent right. of the population has affected such a change. Why? They're loud. They are loud. Precisely correct. And and so we just in we, in their face. Yeah. About so we just it. have and that. persuasive. Well, the, well, they're only persuasive, I think, because they're loud. Well, their, know, their persuasion they're... comes in to tie yeah. it to specific people. Every yeah. spokesperson for the gay rights movement always ties it to a specific person or a relationship. or some, they, they, they get all the touchy-feely thing, just like a lawyer does winning over a jury. Sure. And so I think that Bill O'Reilly fell into the same trap here and ignored the behavior and focused on the person. I got you. you know, uh, saying like, oh, we live with these people. Well, it's like, yeah, okay, well, we live with people that do a lot worse things than that, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about a specific behavior and whether or not that's condemned by God. So he got off topic he did. in his remarks. So before I, I take the four men who are next, just let me say that when Greg and Wayne and I, you noobs, um, when the three of us were growing up, in the textbooks in our schools, it specifically said, in black and white, in the public school system, that homosexuality was deviant behavior. We've come a long way, folks. We've come a long, long way. And part of the problem is sitting in this room. Because we don't stand up and say, no, 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 no. It's deviant. I know that's not politically correct to say. It's deviant behavior. It's not appropriate. I certainly wouldn't want my children to perform those. And I'm uncomfortable being with you. Now, if you want to call me homophobic, that's fine. Want to go to the pistol range? Let's go to the pistol range. Want to wrestle? Let's wrestle. Want to have sex? I don't want to have sex with you! <laughs> I think you were next, and then you, and then you, and then you. Yes, sir. Couple things um, on the comment you made about um, the difference why these people stand up for the rights of homosexuality but not other rights. I would actually argue that not a single one of these people actually believes in marriage equality, which is what they they want. Marriage equality. I don't think I understand what you mean by marriage equality. So they say if you love somebody, you should be able to marry them. That's really the backdrop marry, of this. As far as I'm concerned, you can marry anybody you want. And but a lot of these people will say, look, if I if there's a guy who likes a guy, they should be able to marry one who likes a woman. Why one on one? Where are they getting that from? Don't well, they stand in the way of war. They're they're stealing that from us, where we get one and one. As far as I'm concerned, the fact that we have the government involved in our faith is completely a problem. True, and so and then you have cases that are being tried in Europe right now, where someone wants to marry her dog, but if you would say. You know, what about these cases? They would say, well, that's absurd. That's not what we're talking about. But that's marriage equality, mm. and that's what you really want, do you not? Yeah. So that's the first why, thing. Why do you suppose they want marriage equality? I don't think they really want that. I think they just want this one particular aspect why? of it, which is convenient. Uh, why? I think they, they want the civil benefits of it, which is... No. Money. It's all money. Money. Well, that's, that's, that's a civil benefit. That's, what benefit. that's, that's, what that's a civil benefit? Civil. Yes. It sounds like a monetary benefit. A civil benefit would be, okay, sure. you're welcome in my home because you're a married couple, but because this is a married class, it sounds like a single class is next week, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a financial thing. So if our government doesn't provide a benefit to married people, they wouldn't want to be married. That's true. 
So Spouses would you give up care. your your tax benefits for being married in order to thwart this whole thing? Absolutely. So yeah. the state okay, would everybody here? Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, next point. Second thing, um, I'm wondering where are all of the outraged, greedy folks and drunks that were also condemned. <laughs> 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 adulterers, we're lining up the door. That's excellent. We're waiting for the adulterers yeah. to line up in set B. Hello? Oh, they're, they're too busy drinking well, yeah. and, <laughs> and counting their money. That's right. That was one part of his speech. He actually compared other people to the yeah. bestiality. He yeah. didn't directly compare yeah. the homosexuals to that. Right. But he touched on this nation's secular, sacred aspect, which is homosexuality. You can't talk against that because you will be completely ostracized by the state. You can talk about it. Well, you know, if you stand with, you gotta have with 500 about. of your friends. But you know what? We never stand together the way they do. That's true. I get you after him. One last thing. It's One last thing. It's about a bar mitzvah. There was a bar mitzvah that I saw recently, a video where the the, the bar mitzvah-y, what's the term for that? person undergoing that, his drosh was on, was on uh, Jacob and Leah. And he, it, was at the, uh, it was in Utah. And he got up there and he said, you know, this reminds me that marriages looked a lot different back then. So marriages should look a lot different now. To be and, consistent. And his whole speech was Polygamy. a pro-homosexual uh, speech as to why we need to get with the times. So he encouraged his partitioners to go out and vote for Prop Proposition 8, blah, blah, blah. But I was, because I was thinking the last rally, the homosexual rally here in Charlotte, I remember there were thousands of Christians that were all for pro-homosexuality. And I thought, wow, Christianity is really lost in this one. But then I look at Judaism, oh, yeah. they're not offering oh, yeah. much support on this either. That's true. It, if I could follow that, one of the reasons why, just like in, why, why South Africans are so anti-Israel because of their recent history with apartheid, Israelis especially, or sorry, the Jew, Jewish people in my experience that are more liberal-minded, more academic per se, will always root for the underdog as being persecuted in some way because that's a history they share. Um, so that that's that, that's one, one, one element at play with, with the liberal Jewish world. Um, but my quick comment was that when, when Bill Riley said that we shouldn't judge based off of this one um, <coughs> this one section of the Gospel of Luke, but when you look at the, the entire life of, of Yeshua as it's according to the Gospels and the harsh things he had to say about different people uh, and the Yikes. Pharisees, exactly, then where's yeah, the compassion is, is reserved, but it would, sometimes he forgets that this is the same guy that threw over tables in, 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 in the temple courtyard. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think a large number of this, this is just kind of a rant slash personal opinion type thing, but I, I figured that if more people who were claiming to be followers of Yeshua would haha, stick to their guns and, and be just as loud as the, the homosexuals in opposition, that we have become so... Uh, concessionist, Con yeah, we have we have allowed and conceded so much that um, I saw this great this this post on um, Facebook the other day where it's it's Linus and Lucy and they're having a discussion where she says Republicans Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, gun-toting, religious fanatics. To which he replies, 
but you support Muslims who are racist, sexist, homophobic, gun-toting, religious fanatics. Her next scene is just a bunch of exclamation marks, where she then says, well, that's their culture. You have no right to judge them. It's like, okay, so where's the difference? And we were founded, that was our culture. We were founded on, by believing men, you know, you know, strong believers. You argue that, you'll lose. Okay, I'm just... <laughs> I believe you. Okay. I think you're exactly right. Okay. You know that, Johnny. But, the but if you argue that, you'll lose. <clears throat> But the main problem, the main reason this has been allowed to escalate so far, is because we keep giving in. That's right. We keep giving in, and we don't give and in. We are weak. We don't give in. We don't even fight. This is true. And when it, and just, and I'm concerned as far as an eschatological point of view that when Scripture speaks, you know, Obadiah, Ezekiel. And, number of other places of the destruction of the Arab nations, you know, USA is not mentioned in there at any place. And things keep, things keep going the way they are. It could be that we are included among those nations. I don't think you are off the mark in any way, my friend. I think that if we continue to remain silent, evil will triumph. You were next. And I think and you, and when you said the loudness of the homosexual movement, yes. I think part of the problem, this is one of the things, I think it's the same issue with the Israelis and the, Israelis and the Palestinians. The homosexuals are so good, not at being loud. Anyone can be loud. They are so good at being emotionally loud. I would, I would rephrase and say, it's not just that they're loud. They're really good at being heard. Well, well and the thing is, the reason they do that is they're sensationalized. So they will put stuff out there that is dramatic you're gonna rip apart. Poor Tommy's not gonna have you know parents anymore because you're taking both his daddies away. You know whatever the case might be. When we had Amendment One going on here, the banners were not. They have a love is love. The banner was Amendment One's gonna hurt children. It's like based on what? Like I don't even know what you're talking about. But that's the they don't play fair. And the problem is that conservatives, even when they talk, they play fair. They're like, well, it's the Bible says it's wrong. Yes, the Bible says it's wrong, and they don't care. How about a better argument is like the one that um, uh, Norman Geisler uses in legislating morality. Homosexuals die at 45. I think that should be outlawed. Any activity that kills you half the age of the average living human being is probably not a good thing to do. There's no procreation either. There's no furtherment it's like, of a society. I mean, I think we have very strong arguments on our behalf to demonstrate that it's dangerous, not just immoral, dangerous behavior. Just like doing drugs is dangerous. Sure, but, but even then it's where do you draw the line because there's lots of activities that are deemed alcohol, al alcohol, I mean, guns, tobacco. I mean, if, if they you can't touch guns, are not inherently dangerous. I know that. People are. But these are all things I think that, that the difference between like overuse versus, like, for example, I think the same people who would argue that tobacco is unhealthy will drink a beer or a glass of wine. Is over-drinking dangerous? Yes. But minimal tobacco use can be dangerous. When Homosexuality you, is always dangerous. When you argue with me that the government should control any part well, of my true. behavior, you're going to lose. But my point on this one, though, is simply saying that um, I think we lose the argument to a degree because we fail to fight fire with fire. And I think that our arguments need to be and more toned towards... I agree with you 100%. That. Hence... 
the Republican Democratic problem in America. How come the Republicans can't win? Because we can't talk. Simple as that. Yes. So, in order to reference back to Taylor's uh, comment in regard to what, where are the vocal drunks and adulteresses and, and all these other people? Or, and I, I would add, where are the vocal conservative believers? Well, and I'll, I'll get on that in a second, <laughs> but I, this was an excellent quote, actually, by Joseph Stalin that I think answers that question. Oh, really yeah. Well. One of the strongest <laughs> conservative believers. No, okay. That's right. Whose statue was just knocked over there? That wasn't Stalin, right? Who was that? America is like a healthy body, and its resistance is threefold. It's patriotism, it's morality, and it's spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. And I think the reason that the homosexual movement is the most vocal and the most influential out there is because out of all the other sins listed in 1 Corinthians 6, this is the one that actually attacks all three. And it's, it's pretty crazy to see the strategy going here. Um, and it's, it's, so that, that it's was just... It's almost a, like it's been orchestrated. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was just the, the one comment to respond to that. And then, but I, the, I hope we, we do talk a little bit more about how, what, what conservatives should be saying. Because like, every time I hear that, I, I used to think that as well. Like, we should be as, just as loud as them about our rights and our beliefs and stuff like that. But it's like, I'm, I'm busy raising a family. These are a bunch of single people just like, you know, just playing around, having fun. We, we're actually getting things done around here behind the scenes and don't have time for standing on, on Washington's and doorstep I'm, with like and a Bible verse written on the chest. And I'm chest. convinced you don't need to stand on Washington's doorstep. Well, let me ask you why Japan did not continue to attack the United States. Extremely hard. Before that. Why wouldn't they go past Hawaii? Because we had Wake. Uh, what did the Emperor say? On record. It would be the biggest mistake to attack America because there's a gun behind every door of every home. Now, were the people out there claiming that they had guns behind every door? No. It was just known. It was understood. Everybody knew that was the way our country was. And I'm convinced that the way you can make a difference in this country is to make known to everybody you meet exactly what you believe, exactly what you think. And that little drop in that little pond where you live, is going to impact everyone. And everyone around you who may be a homosexual and may be a militant homosexual is going to think twice about saying it when they know you're around. Because they'll know that you will stand up and say, excuse me, but I strongly disagree. And if you're articulate, they'll know that you'll be able to take them down. So you need to be extraordinarily known. Not necessarily vocal, simply no. And that that I agree with a hundred percent. Not necessarily like being, basically like the you know taking the same tactics I guess as 
as the homosexual yeah, I don't think because we they, everything is directed attacks. towards the government, we which goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. We don't want the government involved in anything no, else. We, don't. we want to leave them out of our exactly arguments right. and so our pushing the culture to push them down. Right. And we are the culture. We're just becoming irrelevant to the culture because we don't talk. We bite our tongue. We don't want to make waves. We want to maintain our friendships. I can tell you that when a vendor comes in to talk to one of my clients when I'm there, and he starts espousing things that that vendor, that that customer knows I strongly disagree with, he gets red in the face. He gets embarrassed for me. Because he knows the only reason I'm not talking is because I'm in that man's office, not my own. And if he gives me the opportunity, he knows exactly what I'm going to say, and the vendor's going to leave. That's how we need to be. We need to affect the culture in which we stand. It just happens less and less with younger people. Because you still got to build your career. I don't give a damn if I lose the client. I'm going to stand up for who I am. You can't afford to do that quite as strongly as I do right now because I can afford to do it. Well, the question at some point would be how offensive should we be? Like offensive? How, like how, how, how many times should we be the ones picking the fight basically by, by stating our beliefs when I not asked? I never pick a fight. I just make sure that everyone in the room always knows exactly where I stand on every issue that's been discussed. If you leave the room and you don't know exactly where I stand on an issue that we discussed, I messed up. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Within so if homosexuality context. doesn't come up, we don't talk about homosexuality. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I tell you what, if I've got a gun on my hip, guns are going to come up. Yeah. So, and I've already made my stand pretty clear. Try and take that gun off my hip. Yes, sir. What about the two hundred? Um, Don't give it away. Okay. So a couple passages here. For behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind, and shall render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh, and those slain by the Lord will be many. Those who sanctify and purify themselves to go to the gardens, following one in the center who eats swine's flesh, detestable things, and mice will come to an end altogether, declares the Lord. Okay, that's Isaiah 66. The other, the other problem that we have here... Did that imply that mice are not detestable? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the other problem that we have here is Phil Robertson, who certainly feels strongly and accurately quoted the scripture, mm -hmm. right? In two different places. By the same token... Is, is practicing other things that are described the same way, according to God, yes. as homosexuality. Yes. Um, and so the other problem that we have here is undermining our own is that the moral high ground. The, the Achilles heel for, for Phil is the, the homosexuality in the, the gay lesbian community secular, far left, whatever, right? All they have to do is say, well, wait a minute. What about pork? You know, and they do that. Pork and, and swamp rat and everything else that they you know, eat yeah. on that show, right? Yeah. I mean, those are <laughs> described using the same word. In, in, in this uh, particular passage, it's translated as detestable. It is a different Hebrew word than the word abominable, abominable but when you go back to the Strong's, this word, even though it's a different Hebrew word, is also one of its definitions is an abomination. Yeah, but when you're in when you're in the Torah, 
the, the two descriptions of homosexuality and eating yeah. swine's flesh are, are both same the same word. word. Right. It's an abomination to God. Right. So how, so you're standing up and saying and quoting accurately that homosexuality and drunkenness and all these other things are an abomination, but yet you're <clears throat> practicing other things that God feels the same way about. So, in it's still, the log. It, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so until you're willing to take the the moral high ground of everything, then you're really setting yourself up for someone who knows to take, you, take you out of the knees. Exactly. Exactly. Johnny. Josh, I, I knew it was one hand over here. <laughs> I would love to get your thoughts on what you would have said to have been in my office chair when this topic came up. Um, because, like I... Yeah, I'm listening to this. I'm realizing maybe I, my silence was um, part of the problem. But I'm wanting to know, like, well, well, before you before you go on, let me put you at rest for a second and, and make sure that we're all clear. I, I'm I'm not, you know, the the best poster child for Christianity or the Torah movement or anything. I'm not trying to put myself up that way. I am a loud-mouthed, obnoxious man who has very few friends. And does not influence many. Let's put it that way. But well, I mean, but my my point is, I may not be the best example, but I can tell you that, and, and I think my son, um, whether he agrees with me or not, would 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 testify that when I walk into a room, there's little misunderstanding about where I stand on various issues pretty quickly after I open my mouth because I want to make myself clear. Right. I mean, I get that. I, get, I think what I was simply asking is more like innocent scenario. Like, I think that there's a difference between running into somebody at lunch who wants to say something and you have an hour to have a real potentially intense discussion. Sure. And potentially change a life. Versus someone commenting on the news in a workplace environment where yes. you're both trying to get work done. Yes. And for me, it's even more complicated because... Personally, I don't argue with females because right. I find that the emotions that engenders by a debate um, also then engender a kind of a something of a um, adrenaline rush, sure. which is not healthy to yeah, develop and, with other yeah, people of the gender. Besides, it'll, it'll snowball, and, you, and you'll you'll end up in trouble. So my point being is, is there a way in those situations to maybe deliver a pot shot yeah. that makes a statement that also does not open itself up to a massive argument? Is it possible to just simply say, "Hey, I don't want to get an argument with this," but I'm going to say. I strongly disagree with homosexuality. I, the Bible clearly says it's wrong. I believe the Bible. God says it's wrong. And those people are in big trouble if they keep doing it. I love the people, hate the sin. That's my point. Just moving on. Um, Joshua, we could wordsmith the proper way, um, but what you just said sounded excellent to me. Um, I, think, I, didn't use I think we need to go ahead and categorize the way the homosexual has inserted her belief in order to taint Silence. everyone in the room mm-hmm. who heard. She's already inserted herself. So I would want to, personally, we have different personalities, right? I would want to push back and say, I appreciate the fact that you wanted to share with everyone exactly what you believe. Let me go ahead and tell you what I believe then, not to argue, but just so we're clear so that you don't do that again. <laughs> and then I would say, and I wouldn't even go by it. I wouldn't even go by it. I would just say, I disagree with homosexuality. 
very strong. Ardently. I would never want my children to be homosexual. I would never want them to marry homosexuals. And I'm very disappointed that what was considered deviant behavior is actually being accepted in our country today. But, I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> you know, I, that's me. But I would make it abundantly clear. There's a line. She would never dare, in my presence, throw out the little bomb about homosexuality in a positive light again if, if I got my point across. That's what I would do. So that it's going to damage the relationship. Let me say it again. So that it's going to damage the relationship. She needs to understand. I'm willing to, to speak with her. But we have nothing in common. I got you. We have nothing in common. I cannot approve of her lifestyle. I disagree with it strongly. It goes against everything I'm teaching my children. It goes against everything I stand for. Mr. America, it ain't going to happen. So if it's going to damage that, it's going to cause friction. I want her to know that. You just caused friction in the workplace. I'm going to put it on her. I'm sorry, you just... <laughs> You're causing all kinds of friction here in the workplace. Um, I, I feel like this is a hostile. You just yeah. <laughs> no, I can't believe that you brought all that up, and you you know you're. I, I feel so violated. You know, use what I mean, they've HR, been using I on us. Push back. I feel. If I can't talk about Christianity because it's you know not, then you shouldn't be able to talk about what you want to talk about. Mm. So, I think that as as uh, this new culture is growing around us, we need, to, we need to find our steps and we need to find our balance. But I clearly believe that this woman deliberately opened up a personal point about homosexuality. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, are you telling us who you're having sex with? Uh, um, For the record, I, she's not actually that. Well, whatever. I, know, I just, you know, let, are we supposed to be talking about sex in the office? I, I can't figure out why we're talking about sex. Why, why are we doing that? Um, that's really let's let's keep your sex life in your bedroom where I hope it belongs, and that not was, in the workplace. That was my point in the person that I was talking to because that's what it seemed. It's like why are you well, guys talking? But about be careful. This? I mean, you don't want to say a one-liner thing about you is identifying you because I can identify you as a Torah keeper. That's one thing about you. But if I say you're a Torah keeper, it defines so much about you. And you might use a one point about yourself. So be careful. Well, it's not the number. It's it's the choice of the point. It's, it's like that. I'm not that disagreeing with you at all. I got you. You're wrong. As Joshua was saying, how they're using, you know, oh, this the you denying this will, will, will hurt the children. Well, if everybody in the world were homosexual right now, the we, world would end. We die out. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and to that point, it should never have been that way in the first place. It exactly. wasn't that way in the first it place. Wasn't. I'm just saying, the little Timmy or whatever they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, should it wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. It should never have happened in the first place. With, with God creating two people, man Male and female. Amen. Both of those. He didn't make man a man. If he wanted the world to be homosexual, he would have made man a man and female a Did you know there's no such thing as a homosexual animal? Sorry, what? There's no such thing as homosexual <laughs> Sorry, animals. Yeah. Did you know that if a, 
in certain animal kingdoms, if there's a, a what appears to be a homosexual animal, they kill it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking about the uh, abomination. Speaking of truth. I actually did a little bit of research on insects sometimes get confused. Really? But that's the only one I can think of. Insects. Okay. <laughs> right anyway. Which we can't eat anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the abomination aspect yes. and the uh, being the same for homosexuality, I remember I used to listen to, uh, before I walked, came into the Torah walk, yes. there was one actually clincher that got me into the Torah walk. And that was actually listening to Larry King interview a Christian pastor about China. about Jennifer Knapp, who had, was a Christian singer who turned homosexual. And he was saying, Jennifer, we love you. Come back into the fold. They denounce this homosexuality. And she was saying, no, my... Does everybody know Larry King is Jewish? Larry King is Jewish. Yep. And so he was saying, okay, why is homosexuality so bad? Well, Leviticus 18 clearly says blah, 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 blah. And he says, okay, well, doesn't Leviticus... And Larry King so he's like, what well, doesn't it also say like somewhere in the Old Testament that like <laughs> the good <eating> book says? <laughs> the good book says. Back up four chapters. He is, is written. Right. <laughs> um, he's got a good point. And he knows where it is. But he's like, doesn't it say that you know eating shellfish is a sin? And the pastor says, well, yeah, it says that. And Larry King says, well, do you eat shellfish? And the pastor says, well, yes, I do. And he says, well, you're a sinner like her. And yeah, sits back in his chair. And so, and the pastor just, God changed his mind on that. And I just remember just being horrified at the inconsistency of that position. And I realized I can't hold to that anymore. I'll give you some fancy footwork with, well, that's the moral law, and that goes back to the original Ah. creation mandate, and that, therefore, it's applicable to all mankind at all times, but the case laws are all... And then you're just like, well, The tango. And so then... You can can do the same tango moving from Shabbat to the first day of the week, right? And so it was amazing, because I was... was It's only a math problem. Well, people do it all the time. (laughs) But in this circle, we are consistent in that matter. We do not eat shellfish. So if we, we, I feel as though we do have a proper vantage point to proclaim the truth and if someone were to say, well yeah, what about poor? I agree with you wholeheartedly on that matter as well, which is why they're both abominations. That silence is that. Without that, you, don't, you can't say it. That's exactly right, Bert. Final comments. We need to step it up as believers. I would. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I would. I would want to rephrase it. We need to step it up as men. Sure. We're we have a weak country. We have a weak country because we have weak families. And at least in the black community, not the Afro American community, the black community, we have almost no families because mm. the fathers are not present. But as a country, we have weak families. And we have weak families because we have weak fathers. We're not existent fathers. And that's the problem. So it starts in this room. And that includes you. So step up, get married, be a dad, and don't go for that homosexuality thing. And I'm 13. And there you go. Okay, so we'll give you a little bit of a bye. Two years. Two years. <laughs> Two and a half on the outside. There's, there's no pressure. As, as an anecdote to your point, I, had, I took a friend of mine to lunch this past uh, fall. Um, really cool guy, 31, 32, white, uh, two kids, one on the way, and um, really open to me, and he was just telling some, some troubles he's having in his marriage, and he yeah. was seriously 
doubting the longevity of his marriage. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, He or you? He was. Okay. He told me flat out. He's like, I don't know. I had this conversation with my wife. She just kind of blew up, and then she was fine with it, and then she started crying, but she was okay, and then she wasn't okay, and she was just mad, and all these emotions. He said, It's like, it just drives me nuts that it's like that all the time. And he said, I quote, Now I can see why guys would be gay. He was like, Think about it. You, 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 you can you understand this person, where they're coming from, their personalities. You can be frank with them. You can be, they're just less, less emotional, less complex. You can connect. He's like, and he said, and I quote, if I didn't have to look at naked guys all the time, you know, I'd go, I'd go straight. Homosexuality would be fine. He's yeah. Like, he's like, that's, of course, that's the thing that's holding me back, basically. It's loving yourself. But so that's what it was. It came into the fact that because his marriage is unsuccessful, and I use his anecdote for a, a personal philosophy and theory that most people who engage in gay or lesbian activities are, as I think we all can agree, it's granted they're inadvertently selfish, that they don't want the commitments and the selflessness that a true relationship is is entangled with. So the better way to, to basically what everyone's saying, of not to take a stand and go, you know, write a check to a a lobbying organization or or go knock on on the governor's door, but is to focus on strengthening your marriage, your commitment to a real relationship, mm-hmm. and use that as the testimony so that others will see the counterfeit that they're creating in their minds is, is not worth the, uh, the the liberty they think they have. Um, sure. and, that, and that it's, it's simply that. It's just yeah, I agree. I, I, I have officiated at weddings. I have gay weddings. No, not <laughs> a homosexual wedding. Um, and I have I've done marital counseling and I, I marital counsel myself and my wife um, for 30 years now and I have never met anyone who got out to the altar or under the chuppah with the thought that this will be good for a year or two nobody they all walked in eyes open thinking Marriage is for life. This is going to last until I die or until he dies or she dies. Not one person walks in with a temporary mindset. One man, one man, one woman, never submissive. One thing I think that um, Rabbi Lapin talks about as to why God, one of the reasons why God would prohibit homosexual relationships is that actual very point that you said, saying that part of what makes marriage so good is if God takes one person who's like this and one person who's like that and they rub each other to become better. Amen. They, they iron sharpening iron there, so they become better people by having problems. Uh, not problems, but like differences. Those differences highlight potential character flaws, or whatever the case may be. So I do think or, that... Or they highlight good, good things. they highlight good things, and then they learn from each other. Exactly. And I think that um, when you think about uh, your point, about or your point about being wanting to like demonstrate good marriages, and that being an argument back... I think that's one of the things that this room is good at and one of the things we need to keep working at because I tell you, you want to go out in, in the office place and whatever else, every person in the office thinks marriage is boring, it's a waste of time, it's a ball and chain, get out while you still can. Yeah. And I love the fact that when um, you know when Gregory's been married for almost, you know, years now, he has a smile on his face. It's the greatest thing ever happened to him. And I think that that is infectious. And I think that more people need to hear that. So even when I'm talking to people who are not believers, who are currently living with their girlfriend, I'm like, marriage is great. I'm so happy for you. Go for it. Top shelf. 
walk in on a sales call. Get married. And they know right away. I'm all about family. And boy, I tell you what. Top shelf, my bride. And she's not just my wife. She's been my bride for 30 years. Changes the conversation dramatically. Yes? Just on the differences between the relationships. There was this interesting point that someone made a really long time ago about how um, they, they say they're attracted to the same sex. But like every lesbian couple, one of the women is really butch. And every gay couple, one of the guys is really effeminate. So it's it really, even their lifestyle it's is like going a back poor toward a heterosexual. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always one who's dominant and one who's. Yeah. Good point. Thank you for sharing the inside aspects of the yeah. sexual relationship. Well, I don't know if any of you. Uh, yeah, well, it's totally foreign to me, but obviously you've had some experience here. That's great. Okay. Good researcher. That's right. Google. Well, dedicated. Google. I, Safe search. I want to thank you for your comments. Strict. And I want to. Uh, I just want to encourage you to be very open about your walk about your marriage, and about your life. Because the life of a tzaddik should be transparent. There shouldn't be anything there to hide. What, what is there to hide? What do you do in the morning? I pray. What do you do after that? I work. When do you stop working? When it's time to pray again. <laughs> well, do you work every day? Well, certainly not. That's what Shabbat is all about. There's, there should be nothing to hide. It should be very open, transparent. It should be very clean. It should be exciting. And people should desire to come to your house for Arab shops. And we see that in this man's life. By actions. It's, it's like if you were walking down the street and somebody was like, oh, I'm going to say to this Shabbos, you say, no. You don't give them a reason why. You just say, no, not th no, no, thank you, not today. By actions. You say that long enough and they're going to finally ask, why not? <laughs> That'd be a set. There it is. All right. So, just wash that all out now. Make sure the breather gets more. What time is it? Please. I got you at eight fifteen. That's interesting. Here's a guy wearing a watch. Wants to look at the clock on the phone. Okay. Interesting. Eight fifteen. Well, it depends on which one. All right. Eight fifteen. Good. So we're gonna walk through the Christmas quiz. How many of you have never done the Christmas quiz with us? Two. Stop it. <laughs> Two. Have you done it? I listened to the podcast. You look? Oh. Cheater. That was a while. I mean, I know it was like back in March. I mean. Bring that up, son, if you want. I mean, what? I mean, I just. Just. Uh, you're part of the class, Just right? open up Bibles. Okay. So, uh, you're going to need to zoom in. So, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the Christmas quiz real quick because I know the Lensmeyers have never been through it. I doubt that anybody at Tour North has been through it. So we're going to walk through it just like this. And instead of taking the quiz or anything, I know Wayne hasn't done it. And we'll let Wayne answer first. Yeah, sure. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to have Wayne fine. go first. There's about 40 questions. And what I'm going to do is ask you to give me the, the right answer and explain why the answer is right. And if you don't know, just say, I missed this one. And we'll move on to somebody else. Yes, sir. Um, I had the immense pleasure of having my 
my daughter's company for the last three and a half days, and today we actually went through the Christmas books together. Good for you. And you know, and we also read the the um, the birth narrative chronological chronological order. Yeah. Then we then we did the quiz together, and and she was just flabbergasted at yeah. how. Why do they put that on cards if that's not how it really happened? Yeah. Why do they put so much stuff in there that really wasn't there? And in Christmas card, Christmas card theology, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So here we go. Christmas card theology, so Christmas carol theology. Do me a favor and just kind of. How many questions should I show at once? I just want you to get it so you can get it as what? Well. There you go. Just get it full width. I think you got a little more gap over here you can use. Thank you. All right. Christmas card theology, Christmas carol theology, Christmas pageant theology. So let's let's walk through it here quickly. How long after the angel appeared to Joseph did he take Mary to be his wife? Joshua? Was it promptly? Was it immediately upon her return from visiting her relative Elizabeth? Was it one month later or was it after Jesus was born? Promptly? Promptly! Bible just, you know, hey, don't be afraid to take her as wife. Bam! How far did Joseph and Mary travel for the census registration while Mary was with child? And we give you Luke 2, 4, and 5. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judah, uh, I beg your pardon, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was at the house of the family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. How far is it from Nazareth to Bethlehem? 6, 16, 60, or 80 miles? 80. 80 miles. What do you say? Uh, I'm probably going to second that. Second that with 80 I'm miles. I'm pretty confident. It is, it is 80 huh. miles as you travel. It's 60 miles as a crow flies. Got a question. Yes. So you're giving the right answer for number one, it's promptly? That's the right answer? That is the right answer. The scriptural oh. answer. What I would have, say? I would have thought it was later. Yeah. After Jesus was born? I'm not sure about that, but I would think it was later. I think it was betrothed to her, and then the ceremony was a lot later. That was my impression. Right. Yeah. What's your impression was more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much for impressions. That's right. Well, but, but mark down number one, and we'll look at it because the scripture's not clear. It just implies uh, because they went as husband and wife to Bethlehem. Well, why, why was that? Isn't the reason you said promptly because it says promptly? No. <laughs> if it said promptly, I would have put a verse. You would answer. put a verse in the answer? Yeah. Where's the answer? It's in the next file that you're ah. going to show. No, it's implied because they went, when, uh, here's an example of, of how, more of why it says this. And we're going to get into the narrative of the timing, but where were they when Joseph found out she was with child? During Nazareth. Who went down to Bethlehem? Joseph and Mary. Who, who did Mary travel with? Her parents who were in Nazareth? As she would have? No, she went with Joseph. They're married. Yeah. But, but let me raise an issue. Yeah. When she went to see Elizabeth, yes. Joseph didn't come with her because they weren't married. Well, no, Joseph didn't come with her because she went by herself. Right, but if they were married, he would have gone with her. He would think he wouldn't want his wife to just go by herself. But when did she go to visit Elizabeth? She was already with child because the was it before or after she went to Bethlehem? It was before. Correct. And when she got back and now is great with child and she's right. noticed and he's ready to put her away, right. then he has the dream 
Don't be afraid to do what? Take her as your wife. Take her as your wife. She was approximately three months pregnant when, when Elizabeth. Yeah. When, uh, Elizabeth the sixth. And when Joseph became aware. The next verse says it as soon as he woke Elizabeth up for three months. He, he took, did, as the angel said. And took So me. it was after the visit to Elizabeth. Absolutely. But that okay. line says immediately upon her return, as though like he was waiting for her to get back and then they got married. Right. That's not what the story right. says in the scriptures. Because so, it was found that she was with child it, after she died. It sounds like cheating to say promptly, but that's actually the way that the Bible implies exactly right. it happened. Because promptly. He, when did he take her? Promptly after he was prompted. To take her. He was right. prompted. That's what Azadi does. Exactly right. Good. All right. Three, and what did Mary ride to travel to Bethlehem while she was with child? I mean, she's pregnant, walking from Nazareth in the north all the way down to Bethlehem. What did she ride? A donkey, a camel, a horse, or the Bible doesn't say. Honda Odyssey isn't on there? Honda Odyssey is not here. The Bible does not say. The Bible does not say. What does scripture indicate that the innkeeper told Joseph and Mary? I have a stable you can use. Come back after the census and I should have some room. There is no room in the inn. Both A and C or none of the above. What innkeeper? <clears throat> yeah, there is that. There isn't even an innkeeper. Sad but true. <laughs> it was, it was this Christmas pageant. Uh, uh, slamming a door in his face. That's right. It was just How soon after Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem <laughs> was Jesus born? Within minutes, that night... At 8.07 p.m. Jerusalem Standard Time. <laughs> Jesus Standard Time. Or de- Jesus Standard Time, right. <laughs> or days later. Days, days later. later. Days later, right. In what type of structure was Jesus born? A stable, a cave, an inn, or we don't know? A sukkah. A sukkah. <laughs> a sukkah. We don't know. We don't know. According to the Bible, what would we surmise since there was a feeding trough stable? A stable. I have actually, is, according to the Torah, defined as a sukkah. Absolutely. I have actually heard a pretty compelling argument that it was inside a house. Because, I don't know, if you, before I actually spill, does it matter? It doesn't matter. No, because I... It could be. It could. All we know is that she laid him in an animal feeding trough, which was probably made out of stone, and just, you know, kind of, you know, made into something, you know, like that, so that the animals could eat out of it. It was heavy enough so they would knock it over. Why would she lay her baby in that? Because she never cribbed? Sure. She never cribbed? Sure. Is that the only thing she could find? Percolator. <laughs> Since Elizabeth and Mary were cousins, this is a good one. Why didn't Joseph and Mary stay with Elizabeth and Zacharias after traveling to Bethlehem rather than seeking shelter in the inn? Why not stay with family? What's the problem? A noisy baby. A, the new baby, John. He kept crying. Don't you hate them? B, there wasn't room. C, Mary's family was ashamed of her. D, Zacharias and Elizabeth were there. E, Zacharias was serving in the temple. Wayne, what do you think? I would say D. D, Zacharias was serving in the temple. No, no, that's not what D is. Oh, D, Zacharias and Elizabeth weren't there. You're exactly right. Why not? Because they were somewhere else, another town. That's good. Why? Uh, because of the census. Yes. But why wouldn't they be in Bethlehem with David? Why wouldn't they be in Bethlehem with Mary? He was a priest. Exactly! He was not in the house of David, he was in the house of Levi. Good. Excellent. Mary and Zacharias both questioned Gabriel. 
both questions seem reasonable, yet Zacharias was questioned. Levi had no ancestral, sorry, no ancestral heritage in the land of Israel. So where? No, no, no. Levi didn't, but every Levi was from a city. People, the individual family was from a city. Are always born into space, and we know that they were from near the hill country of Hebron. Right, but you're right. Levi, as a as a as a tribe, was not given a city. Right, Judah wasn't given Bethlehem. Judah was given Judah. Yeah. All right. Good question. Then. That's why we're doing this. Mary and Zacharias both questioned Gabriel. Both questions seem reasonably. And Zacharias was struck dumb, while Mary was not. How come? God answers prayer. I like to. Mary was sinless, which is really cool. <laughs> Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. Lack of faith, or Zacharias was a priest. Now you say Zacharias was a priest. Zacharias was a priest, but is that why? Okay, that limits it to C and D, right? All right, so what do we got? One and two, one and three, two and four, three and four. Don't you hate those? Two and three. Two and three, two and three. <laughs> I like three and four. Just got an answer prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Was very sinless. Yeah. So we know one is potentially true. Exactly. Lack of faith? Yes. Zacharias was a priest. It's true as well. Over why? Prayer and lack of faith. What were Zacharias and Elizabeth doing? Praying for a child. Praying to have a child. Then he asked for a guarantee. Was Mary praying to be... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd like to be the mother of God. I would like <laughs> to have a child. I would, so, I would say D because I feel like Zacharias being a priest is important there because of the fact that to whom much is given, much is required. He was a leader. That's he should a, have known better. That's a rephrase. The fact that three. Zacharias was a priest, though, I don't think had to do with him being struck. I don't disagree with you, but in the choices we oh, have, can you bring it back up there? In the choices we have, three and four versus two and four doesn't work, so C is out. One and three, that would be lack of faith in God answers prayer. One and two doesn't work. So one and three are the choices you have, or three and four. So lack of faith in Zacharias was a priest, I don't think is as good as God answers okay. prayer. Not as good, I'll clarify. So, we can give you partial credit. <laughs> I'll always take partial credit. What is, um, is Mary considered sinless to the Catholics? Yes. yes. Uh, it's called the Immaculate Mother as well. Mary. Immaculate Mother, <laughs> whose name is Anne, by the way, because obviously, how did Mary get to be sinless? Well, her mom had to be sinless, yeah. obviously. Johnny, the Immaculate Conception is not about Jesus. Of course. The Immaculate Conception is about Mary. So. The Immaculate. And therefore Mary is without sin because of the no, Immaculate and, and her mother was sinless. What was her mother's name? Anne. Gabriel chastened Zacharias. He punished, his punishment lasted until the day God's messenger's words were fulfilled. What was the punishment? Was he blind, dumb, deaf and dumb, dumb and blind, Wayne? Dumb. 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 And what do we say to Wayne? Dumb. No. No. He was deaf and dumb. Cripple. He was deaf and dumb. That's why they had to take out a tablet and write it. And they would symbol to him also. Because he couldn't hear. And he couldn't speak. They couldn't say, what do you want to call him? And he had to write because he couldn't speak. Deaf and dumb. <laughs> It's a tough quiz. It is. It is a very tough quiz. We've been, you know, the thing that shocked me is that we've been doing this for years. And guys are taking us four or five times, still don't get a hundred. 
<laughs> an angel invited the shepherds to worship the newborn king. How would you describe the angel and the plethora of partners that accompanied the P.O.P.? Glowing with light, powerful warriors, wonderful singers, the Bible doesn't say. The, the Bible does say... <coughs> Ooh, warrior. Were they glowing with light? Not the Bible does not say that. Well, it does say they weren't singers. Angels can't sing. <laughs> the only time that angels are told or are said to be singing is in the King James in Revelation, and it's the word lega. Which is to speak, not to sing, because there is a word to sing, and it's not that word. In fact, it's a powerful word. They kind of, they kind of look like the guys from Dark Dynasty. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, uh, these top beards. Um, the word that describes this heavenly host is, is yeah, it's, it's like an, uh, uh, an army battalion kind of. I, I always thought they were proclaiming Hoshannas or something of that nature. They did proclaim and say, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. And goodwill toward men with whom he oh, is well. Yeah, yeah. Almost like the same. That's right. The same Hebel's Messiah. That's right. The heavens start to take with the strings of what animals are present when Jesus was born. Come on. Doves. The Bible doesn't say. Doves. Where are the doves? Doves. No, the Bible doesn't. Doves and olive oil. Joseph and Mary presented two doves for Jesus at the temple. For whom were these sacrifices made? Oh, that's a Gregory. good question. Uh, for uh, for Mary. They were for Mary. How many days after she gave her? Forty. Eighty. No, wait, seventy. The boy. So you guys are the boys. Boy. Boy. Or you just carry them? Yeah, technically you don't have that question. You haven't given us multiple choice in that. Forty. Two, two, two weeks. Seven. You're thinking, seven. You're thinking city six, 33, right? I'm thinking 33 and 66. I think, but the sacrifices are on different days, right? Is that what you got? Yeah, Her blood has to stop flowing. No. And then you but get... It, right, but it's the... It's seven double for the woman. 40, really? The 40 for the for the boy, and it's 80 for the girl. I think so. Yeah, it's it's cumulative. If you're both right, actually, it's just. I know it's cumulative, but I don't think it's 80. I think it's 66. But we'll put it the answer in a minute. How much time? We both know that it was a long. Where's that question? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were past. Oh, that? The question wasn't about the uh, the date. The best question wasn't about the time. Right. Right. Jesus, about the the camera man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus' parents offered the lesser sacrifice for the poor when they offered the sacrifice after the days for purification had been completed. How then might that's what we're talking about? Days of purification. How then might they have afforded the long and expensive trip from Bethlehem to Egypt, a traditional place of asylum for Jews in political danger? So let me pause and say there were three places on the planet that we had large populations of Jews. One was, of course, in Jerusalem. Israel. Israel. The second. Alexandria, Egypt. In Alexandria, Egypt. Woohoo! And third, Babylonia. where they never came back from, Babylonia. Okay. So. Um, did he use frequent camel miles? <laughs> did he sell baby gifts? Did he borrow from family? Or did he use Joseph's inheritance? The gifts is most likely. The gifts are most likely, sure. A uh, question. If, if he had just gotten all of those gifts, why would he be offering a poor man's sacrifice? I, the gifts were received. I believe that the gifts later. were certainly before. I mean, uh, the, the, the gift in the temple was 
way before the because the, mag, the magi. How old? I think we're, we may actually well, get into that. Let's, okay. let's pause there because obviously Maybe the next you're confused about his chronology. Age. His chronology. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, there were three guys. <laughs> there were three guys. <laughs> the wise one, guys. One had the tall hat. One had the white hat. The gifts of the temple were for Mary's purification. Yes. So that was for her. Yes. But leaving to Egypt, that was for Jesus. Correct. So here using his gifts for his benefit. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, or else he'd be able to sue. <laughs> yeah. How much time had elapsed from the birth of Jesus to the close of this verse? And here's the verse in Luke 2, 39. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. This one's tricky unless you realize that it's post-Egypt. That's exactly right, Johnny. Uh, is it post-Egypt? Yes. Yes. That, that one's because, really tricky. Because the Luke 2, 39 thing has is post-Egypt. Which means going I would to assume Egypt. performed everything according to the law of the Lord meant exactly. You would, and that's why it's a trick question. Two years. Five years. How many kings were present when the Magi visited Jesus and Mary? I love this question. <laughs> How many kings? That was not so oh, that's right. a little bit of a trick question. None? At, at least at one, least. three, the Bible doesn't say. How many say the Bible doesn't say? TBDS. Because at least one, because right. you got the king of kings in the, in the trough. But was he the, the king messiah at the time of God? Was he ever not God? Was he still <laughs> God while he was all man? Come on. Is, is, that, God. God. is that more than one? Is that a plural? It is a plural. It is a plural. That's a plural. But it's Magi a king. Oh, so it's at least two then. No, no, no. no. Magi means king. king. Yeah. Magi means magician. Well, Magi. That's where we get the word magician. Or well, or of whatever. Yeah. Daniel disciples. How much time elapsed between the last verse of chapter 2 and the first verse of chapter 3? 18. Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men, and he is See. right. It is 18 years. 18 is also Gematria. Really? <laughs> 18. What does that star look like? What's but do you know why 18? Because yeah. he was 12 years old. Right. When he was in the town. 30 years. Exactly. That's true. What does that star look like? Very bright, very large, low on the horizon. Star of David, all of the above. I don't see wonder. (laughs) Star of wonder. (laughs) Star. (laughs) We know it had to be very bright, don't we? We know it was in the east. Was it in the east? Did the guys come from the east? How could it be in the east? So if they came from the east, it must have been in the west. Or maybe it didn't like actually. Give but it, it probably yeah. looked like a star of David. That's the star. <laughs> but what's interesting is they came from the east, so the star was in the west. But then when they were in Jerusalem with Herod, they wound up going east again, or even south. Yeah, which is even weird. We'll get to the star yeah. in a second. The answer to this one, Bob doesn't say anything about that star. TBDS. Other than they saw it. I want you to remember this. The star was not a direction beacon. It was a timing marker. Right. Oh, they went to Bethlehem. Totally changed my theology. They went to it. That's right. They went. They saw the star timer, and so they go to where you would expect the king of the Jews to be, which is in Jerusalem. Where is he? 
Which is funny. Well, where is he? Who are you talking about? Exactly. Well, the king. We saw his star. Where? When we were in the east, oh, we saw his <laughs> star in the east. It's a timing mark. See, there you go. The class. Because I've heard about it. Well, it's yeah. a constellation. And the yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It's so yeah. cool. And it, Pointing it definitely the was something that astrologers <laughs> could notice. And I would say, I've got another class to, to yeah. show you on this that is yeah. just extraordinary. Uh, it could be just a bunch of hooey, like, like, uh, what's his name? Michael Root. Michael Root! <laughs> it could be hooey like Michael Root! But it could actually be true, so we'll watch it and we'll see what we say. I knew that. Is that, is that Vulcan mind belt? Yeah. All right, let's move on. The, the wise men followed his star as it moved toward Jerusalem. In Christ. False. Stars. Stars are so far away. That's Moving? <laughs> that's called a comet. They they travel. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> Wait, stop. Sun's up. Go, there it is, go. Actually, constellations move across the sky during the night, so that had been really confusing. Can you imagine going through saying, Hurry, <laughs> it's moving too fast. Who besides the wise men saw his star? Did the shepherds, Mary and Joseph, King Herod's astrologers, the little drummer boy? Of course. <laughs> All of the above with the Bible doesn't say. The Bible doesn't. I Nobody saw the star with them. Why would Magi from the East know about, even care about, or come to worship the Hebrew Messiah? This man did a great class on this, and it had nothing to do with this, and it was just. A parenthetical aside, and I'm like, oh my. You need to see that. The answer? A prophet in Babylon saw visions of him. A Moabite prophet prophesied about him. A Hebrew prophet likely saved their ancestors' lives. All of the above? None of the above. All of the above. All of the above? Who was the prophet in Babylon who saw visions? Daniel. 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 Who was the Moabite prophet who prophesied about him? Balaam. Balaam. Bilal. Who was the Hebrew prophet who likely saved their ancestors' lives? Daniel again. Daniel again. Hmm. Where, they're going to get thrown into the... Is there a way to, yeah, okay. Where was Joseph when the wise men visited Jesus? This is great. In the house with Mary. In the shop building, Jesus a rocking camel. Having connished with the neighbors in Jerusalem for the Passover, in the temple offering the sacrifice, what the Bible doesn't say. No comment. Bible doesn't say. TBDS. Bible doesn't say. Which of the following are true about how Jesus was given his name? One, the angel told Mary to use the name. Two, the angel told Jesus to use the name. Joseph. Three, he received his name in the temple when he was about eight years old. Four, eight Isaiah old. prophesied he would be called Jesus. Five, Jesus, or Jesus, was a Jesus. family name. <laughs> Jesus was a family name. One, two, and three. I was thinking I would say C. Wayne, who's never taken the uh, thing, says C, two, three, and four. Four. And where does it say in Isaiah that he should be called Yeshua? Remember that uh, quote about uh, the king that before a particular event happens, a child will be born to a right. virgin, right. and he shall be a you know, wonderful counselor. Almighty God. Oh, yeah, all these things. Everlasting Father. Yeah. Prince of Peace. But that doesn't say Yeshua, does it? Mm -hmm. The answer... And they shall call his name Emmanuel. How many, how many say A? Yeah, right. That's not Yeshua. It's quotes. I got, I got three saying A. How many say B? How many say C? Two say C. How many say D? No Ds. 
So I got a couple on A and I got a couple on C's. B and C's. An angel told Mary to use the name Luke 1, 30-31. An angel told Joseph, throw him, touch him, Whoa! That is, that is. That is. Stand easy, man. Stand easy. So, for the controversial part, the good captain didn't show. <laughs> I was had my own controversy in Chicago. That's right. All right, so... An angel told Mary to use the name in Luke 1. An angel told Joseph to use the name in Matthew 1. And he received his name in the temple when he was eight days old in Luke chapter 2. As per Torah. Isaiah did not prophesy that his name would be Jesus. Unfortunately, it would have been a lot easier. It would have been pretty cool. (laughs) What does the name Jesus mean? Salvation. (laughs) Or deliverer, as the case may be. Well, Yeshua means salvation. <laughs> or deliver. According to the genealogies in Luke 3 and Matthew 1, Jesus' direct answers included which of the following? I love this question. Jonathan. Was there a prostitute? Yes. What was her name? Yeah. Was there an adulterer? What that is. I don't know what you're saying. Different kinds. Yes. Yeah. What was? More than one. Judah. His or her name. Oh, okay. Tamar. Tamar or or Judah. Judah. Was there a non-Israelite? Yes. Ruth. Ruth. And was there a woman seduced by her father-in-law? Yes. Which would be Tamar. The adulterer out counts David. Yeah. Could be David too. Good call. Good call. Good call. Good Good. Good. Why did Joseph and Mary child Bethlehem? A. Star appeared and led him there. B. Joseph was related to the king. C. Gabriel told him to go there. Or D. Herod decreed that all should be counted. What do you say, Wayne? Well, there was a decree, but I'm not sure if it was Herod. I think it was the Romans that decreed it. Well, Herod was a Roman at that time, even though he was a half-breed. Um, but you're right. He didn't yeah. make the decree. So uh, Herod didn't decree that. It was yeah. Caesar Augustus. Good. So D is out. So now you're down to A, B, and C. Nice trick. I would say uh, that's a toughie. So it's toughie. I mean, C is. C sounds good. Yeah. But it's not true. Help him out. I actually had a question. Oh. Oh. About this. Um, so with the Joseph is related. Yeah, that's true. B is true. B is true. Joseph is related to the king. Which king? David. King David. <laughs> yeah. With the decree, um, I've, I've heard it said that there was a decree for all the world. Is that more more better to accurately read as a decree for all the land? Was this an Israel specific decree? It was a Roman decree. Right. That, so was that for the entire Roman history. Empire? Yeah. Yeah, because you want to know what you had. But there were two, if not three different censuses and timing when he was born <laughs> depends on which census he was. It was a near zero. Like so a so was guy. was the decree for everyone to go back to their ancestral <laughs> homes? Yes. Plurals. <laughs> Which of the following movie titles best represents events described in Matthew 2? If you're not a moviegoer, just stay quiet. Then we can wait. Out of Africa, Three Men and a Baby, Star Trek, First Contact. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, B. B. Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) It is B. Matthew 2 talks about him returning from Egypt. Which is actually part of Africa, right. because the Middle East is not a continent. 
You know, how far did Mary travel to visit her relative Elizabeth? Ooh. It's a long way, especially by a camel. Ah. One day. Is this a round trip or one way? Eighty. It should be round trip. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so it'd be ninety. Oh, I thought you said one night. No, one ninety. <laughs> <laughs> one ninety. Round trip, yeah. The answer is one ninety. And therefore, all of the above. It's about eighty miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and about fifteen miles to the hill country of Judea. So wait, would you have traveled to Bethlehem and then over to Elizabeth? Because Elizabeth, that would have been beforehand. Would you want to travel through bandit where there country? Were no trails. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. They have the Tuscan Raiders. Let's you cut me some slack. Even today, we're likely to go awfully close gotcha. to a whole bunch of weird That's places right. in order to get to the Galilee. That's right. How many brothers and sisters did Jesus have? D. Mary's other children. D. The Bible doesn't say is not true. Thank you for coming. He had at least six. Yeah, because he had sisters as well. He had at least Four six siblings. That is a correct thing. Matthew 13, 55 and 56. Four brothers and at least two sisters. Hmm. Big family. That's good. 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 Yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seven children, guys. Yeah. At least. Gentlemen. It's a lucky number, right? <laughs> but less than that with one dad. What was the name of the angel who commanded Joseph to take Mary as his wife? Michael, Harold, or the Harold Angels? I'm so <laughs> 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 I thought you just said. How many say Gabriel? Gotcha! The Bible doesn't say. Yeah, we don't know that one. The Bible doesn't say. We assume Gabriel appeared to Zechariah and he appeared to Mary, but we don't know who appeared to Joseph. It was most likely the female angel. Harold? <laughs> because we don't know. <laughs> she sang, what, she sang it to him. In what scene? What was that? In what scene? This is important. In what scene was Joseph and the angel told him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife? If you don't know this, you can't figure out the chronology of the story. So what city was it? Was it Jerusalem? No, no. no, no. Was it Bethlehem? Yeah. Yes, it was in Bethlehem. That's why you can't do the... Uh, he was in Bethlehem. Mary is described as being engaged to him during the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Luke 2, 5. He had uh, received the vision. Had he received the vision before the trip, they would have traveled as husband and wife. Let me ask you a question. So he was in Bethlehem when the angel told him to Don't betroth be Mary. Don't be afraid. So that meant that he traveled with Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and he wasn't married to her. And it says they were engaged. So okay. I was wrong on my, my first Oh, no, that's sentence, okay. But we'll go back. And but that's sort of like marriage. That it's, it's they would be divorced. They have to be divorced in order to stop it. They were still weren't yeah. married. They but they might have gotten divorced in between. They hadn't I'm consummated. They hadn't consummated. Right, exactly. Mm. But they may have had consummate soup. Who told, who told Mary to go to Bethlehem? It's for you. <laughs> who told Mary to go to Bethlehem? Good old Caesar Augustus. That's right, Caesar. Caesar Augustus. 
uh, C. That Caesar. was the census? In the days of Cyrenius, who was governor of Syria. 3C. <laughs> the baby Jesus cried because of the little drummer boy's noise. Don't you hate that? He cried just like other babies. He cried not once, just as the Bible says. He cried when the doctor said <laughs> <laughs> He cried just See? like other babies. No. Didn't say he ever cried. J-L-O-B. He was tempted like as we are. We don't know what that we, means. We have to say just like other babies because he was a man just like other babies. Some babies do have now, legitimate. He does say he was reading the Talmud by the time he was two. So now that you know, that's even, even though it wasn't written. Yeah, even though it was That's why it was such a miracle. He was right. Right. I would say <laughs> such a miracle. I mean, Micah was practically reading the Talmud that's by the right. two, too. So. What did the angels sing to the shepherds? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Which is really cool. Even better. Hallelujah, which is spelled incorrectly. Glory to God in the highest, which we think. Handel's Messiah, which we already heard once. My sweet Lord, which. I think just really without the Krishna together. Krishna part. That's right. Or none of the above. What's the answer? Uh, I don't see. They're not sing. singing. Luke chapter two <laughs> verses thirteen and fourteen indicate that the angels said, "Glory to God in the highest." Uh, trick question. Yes, it was. Which one of these statements is false? Which one of these statements is not true? Joseph was quite a dreamer. Mary was pregnant before Mary and Joseph. Mary left town after the angel informed her she was pregnant. Mary was a virgin when she delivered Jesus. Think about it. Do, 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 do. Which one's false? The only slightly scary one would be. What's Joseph are referring to? Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter? Uh, there's a Joseph. Part of right? <laughs> you, you pulled a couple of quick questions in the past. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would um, say this would be either Joseph, because the only time that God spoke to Joseph, the father of Yeshua, was in a dream. So I would say E. So A is obviously true. B, Mary was pregnant before Mary and Joseph. We know that's why the angel had to tell him, don't be afraid. D, Mary was a virgin when she delivered Jesus because it makes it very clear that he did not have any consummation to the marriage until after he was born. And then six or possibly more kids later. None of the above can't be right because we've already got two or three. Mary did not leave town after the angel informed her that she was pregnant. Well, she... Okay, months later, fine. It was still after the angel. Well, Mary did leave town to visit Elizabeth after the angel's visit. The angel did not tell Mary that she was pregnant at that time. Rather, his message was that the Holy Spirit will, future tense, come upon her. Joseph received messages from God during dreams in four different occasions. Mary was indeed a virgin when she delivered Jesus. Okay. And had it was a trick answer. Yeah. It was a trick answer. Which persons were descendants of Aharon? Mary and Joseph? No. no. Can't be. That's why they went to Bethlehem. Mary and Elizabeth? No. No. Actually, okay. Possibly, but okay. it's possible. It's D. Actually. Joseph and Zacharias? No. Can't be. One's right. David, one's Levi, right? Zacharias and Elizabeth. Yes. They were coming. There's a possibility of being. Being a pre-Zacharias was a descendant of Aaron. Aaron. Abiah is listed as a descendant of Aaron in Nehemiah 12 and 1 Chronicles 24. And Elizabeth is described as being from the daughters of Aaron in Luke chapter 1. Don't you know? So how's she a cousin to Mary? Hey. Yeah. Her father's. Her mother's side. Could be. So then that, that would mean that B would be correct as well. It's possible that B could be correct as well. Can't be. Mary was a descendant of David. We know that. No, but she has, a, she has a mother. We don't know that. We do know that. 
We no, are, actually, we, we don't. There. We assume. We assume that's her genealogy. We do not know that. Grant you that. Grant you that. Grinch? I think still will. I get think you had a really cool class on which both genealogies were Joseph. I know, both genealogies were Joseph. They were both Joseph. That's right. Best answer, D, but I'm going to revamp the quiz based on your comment. Well done. Well done. That's my son in law, though. To whom did the angel say, I am bringing you good news of great joy? Everybody agree the shepherds or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? How many of you agree it's the shepherds because everybody else said shepherds? Okay. Because Linus said shepherds. Because Linus That's said shepherds. Well, it must be true. What sign did the angel tell the shepherds to look for? Actually, that's a dangling part of something. I apologize. But for what sign did the angel tell the shepherds to look? A lion and a sheep together in peace? A manger with a star over it? How'd they find it? I mean, come on. Wise men bringing gifts or none of the above? Taylor. Was it the wise men bringing the gifts? At one point, I would have said yes, but no longer. <laughs> so what's the answer? D. The answer is D. It's none of those. Child resting. They were told to look for a baby wrapped in swaddling And lying in a Lying in a What happened a little over a week after Jesus' birth? The wise men arrived. Taylor? No? Jesus was circumcised. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus and Mary fled Egypt with Jesus. His star left the sky. Okay. So, <laughs> so what I'd like to do now is let's go through the chronology. I think, uh, I think the scripture is abundantly clear that we can put together all of the pieces without any issue except for one thing. Does anybody know what that is? What is absolutely academically placed wherever you happen to lean theologically? In the narrative. In the chronology. Said, repeat the question? If I put together the chronology and I start with Mary and Joseph, they're kind of living together near each other in Nazareth. Joseph decides he'd like to marry their betrothed. And I can go all the way through until they go down to Egypt, they come back from Egypt, they live in Nazareth. There's one thing, one particular point in there that I have to completely speculate on, and it's based solely on my theology and nothing else. What is that one item? Time of year? No, because I think he can play the time of the year pretty well. It may not it's be based on our theology. Our I don't think it's theology as much as it is on biblical record. Yeah, which it's actually. But, but I would say I would say you could argue it, but you don't have to put the time of the year in the chronology because chronology is simply sequence. But there's one thing that you can't do. So let's walk through it. Angel's vision to Joseph about Mary. Well, get three or four of those, didn't you? The one specifically about Mary would be when she was with child, he finds out. That's when she comes back after being with Elizabeth's father in the story. Right? So we got that. So we're already deep. And it's Thanksgiving. That's towards the end. Mm-hmm. They're in Jerusalem. They're, They're in Jerusalem. On a second trip. Why are they in Jerusalem? They just, 
the uh, circumcision. The forty days, not for the circumcision. But circumcision happened eight days in, and it was not at the temple. The time of purification. It was a time of Mary. Mary's purification yeah. had become complete, mm -hmm. and now they went up to the temple to present the sacrifice for her. She was bleeding. Tame. The bleeding has stopped. She was tame now. Mikvah tahor inside, and she's going to make sacrifice or give the, the pigeons, right? It's when they're in the temple, two folks step up. One, Son. Shimon and Anna. Shimon, the priest. Pityan Haben, right? He's, he takes the coins, and he's going to bless him and, uh, and all of that. And Anna's there, and she gives praise. So that's right at the end. Um, the appearance of the star. I think it's the key that you can't place. Did, did the star appear? When's the, when's the story begin in your mind? With that star. Okay. Incorrectly, right? Possibly. So, so let's talk, for your sake, from the chronology perspective, how old was Yeshua, give or take, when the wise men showed up? About a year and a half. One what, two years old. Yeah, it's, it's one or two years old, probably two years old, right? It's not the baby in the manger. When the shepherds show, the magi aren't there. If you got the magi and the shepherds in your manger scene, your manger scene <laughs> is all messed up. In more ways than one. And, yeah. and Herod would have been horrible. Now, now, an interesting point is, when Herod tells his soldiers to kill the young children, he doesn't say, yeah. So there's some uncertainty about it. He didn't say exactly two years old. Right. And, and the scripture tells us why he's trying to figure out how old it, you know, the child is. Two years and younger gives us a clue as to when the Magi show up. Because they had to show up just before that. Because the whole Herod, I'm going to kill the kids thing, which is prophetic, happens at the same time. In fact, they were supposed to go back and talk to the Herod Meister. And they're like, this is stupid, guys. Let's go that way. So well, they received a vision from God. Too. Yeah. So they left. So, he's about two years old when the Magi show up, and that begins the nighttime travel down to Egypt. We assume Alexandria somewhere down there. There's Jews down there. Which is also why they were still poor when her days of purification were complete. And sure. they offered the doves. Right? Sure. They That's right. Because they didn't show up then. Right. It was over a year later, for sure, right. before that happened. So, you know, so we've got poor people who have a kid. Guys show up, give them a lot of gifts, and now they can they can hightail it out of, out of Egypt. Even when there may actually be an edict that you can't leave, they were managed to get out. Okay. So, what got those magi there when he was two? Appearance of a star. They saw his star when they were in the east. Or maybe not. They saw a sign. They don't. It doesn't say they saw a star. It says they saw his star in the east. But what that means is not a star in the heavens. Well, it could have been. It could have been, but it didn't have to be. But either way, they saw his star. Whatever that was, that sign, that heavenly announcement of some type, whatever it was, when they saw it, they went... Holy crap! And, and we course, gotta go worship him. And of course, that means they were looking 
for it. Exactly. And then when they found it or saw it, they then had to do what? They had to get try. in the minivan. No, they had to put together some type of caravan. caravan. And then they had to do what? Schlep. Walk and schlep from there to there. <laughs> so there's a time frame involved. Mm. Okay, so now the question becomes, when Joseph and Mary are traveling down to Bethlehem, or when Mary is traveling to the hill country of Judea, are the Magi already traveling? The only way you can say yes is if that star is higher in the list. And that's why I say that's the only thing we have no way of knowing. Unless you can calculate exactly how much time it would take to schlep from there to there. Well, they have to find where the original there is from. Exactly. Where coming, right. Yeah, right. No right. I mean, you can assume Babylon. And where in Babylon. Exactly. Right? So, anyway. There, or, there you or go. it could have been... Um, uh, just, uh, where was Esther from? However, the phrasing indicates that it may not have been a physical star at all, had nothing at all to do with timing as like, oh, there's a star we need to go, but rather a calculation of observations of, of heavenly bodies and mathematics that as disciples of Daniel would have calculated and determined... Yeah. On the basis of that, not on the basis of something like a telescope and seeing sure. a star. Sure, but I think, I think, I, I'm not disagreeing with you that there was calculations, and I think definitely based on Daniel and so forth. Um, See, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think there was a star at all. Well, I, I think, think there was something. Find a star, but I think there was. Oh, there was a star over Bethlehem. No, 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 there was no star over Bethlehem. That's what we said right before we came in that the star was not a direction beacon; it was a timing marker. And as you pointed out, they were looking. And they saw the time was right. Now, confluence of, of location, whatever it was, the only thing that we need to remember is they saw it in their land when they were in the east. They saw his star. That's what it says. Right. Then, like you said, that could be... Could be from scrolls. Yeah. Well, it could be. But when they were in Jerusalem and they were told the king of the Jews will be born in Bethlehem, they saw his star again. And now... They weren't with their scrolls. They weren't with the telescopes. Bare eyes, they saw his star. And does that mean they saw a constellation? Whatever. But again, it wasn't the light beam over the manger. It wasn't a direction thing. They simply saw his star, and they were greatly rejoicing because they saw it again. So they saw it, and they left. Then they saw it again and went, yes! And then found the king. Rick's right. It could be, and that's the, the DVD thing I was talking about that we'll, we'll look at in a couple of months. Um, it could have been just the confluence of various constellations coming together for the very first time. You know, the whole... Da, 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 in Aquarius, da, da, da. Oh, that one. Yeah, whatever. You know, Pre-Pagan Zodiac. That's exactly right. PBZ. Right. So let's, let's go through the... The sequence as best we can. By the way, the language on this real quick, the language on that, the star, we have seen his star in the east. Yes. It's really cool because we come to worship him. Ilam is described, I believe, as right. someone coming from the east. Mm -hmm. So there's like a double play on, like yeah. they're really keying in on that prophecy. Yeah, exactly right. So maybe they're just reading Genesis. 
It's, it's interesting because it does say that it stood over where the young child was. Which sounds a little weird. It does. But it doesn't say that they followed the star. Right. But like you were saying, you didn't think that it was a directional thing, like where Correct. it was pointing where it Correct. was. It never says that they followed the star, ever. But that that's that that's the leading up to this point though. Yes. That it's it's basically I mean what what it sounds it like. It doesn't say that the star moved. It stood over where the child was. It doesn't say that it moved. Right. But that doesn't right. But it is kind you know, of you know, we can read whatever theology and Christmas card stuff we wanted to it. Yeah. But it doesn't say it ever moved. It doesn't say that they followed the star. That, that, I mean, if, if, if you're 2,000 miles away, and in fact you see a star, you have no clue what, what the direct you know, uh, latitude and longitude of where that star directly is from your perspective. It's just, yeah, not only that, but it never says that they followed the star. It just says they went to Jerusalem, and when they got there, they said, so where's the king of the Jews to be? Right. If the star was over his manger at that time, they would have followed his star. But they didn't follow his star. They went to Jerusalem, and they asked where he was. We saw his star when we were back there. You said it didn't. It didn't move. It doesn't say it. Moved. Well, this is it. It, went it, says before it went. It went before them till it came and stood over the, where the young child was. Now check the uh, check the Greek there and look at it, and I think you'll notice there's no movement. Check the Syria. And the thing, the, the thing is, is the thing is, star. By the way, I know there's star. No other I'm, I'm with star on it. No problem. There. The thing is, what's described what is according to the legend nine. of the Christmas card yeah. is astronomically impossible. Well, it have to be like in, like I mean, it does move. That's the whole point. You know, the Earth is yeah. rotating. No, but, but a star moving incrementally 18 miles. No, no. What and I'm saying is though that. The star sets every. I mean, we have a we have a star set every, you know, twelve hours. Oh, you know? oh I understand. What I'm saying is, for a star to move, for it to remain stationary, is and, impossible. and then stop, <laughs> and and to be able to notice an 18 mile movement. How do you, well, how do, you do that? But I mean, again, the stars move across the sky at night. If you, if you stay up all night outside, you will see them move in the heavens. Actually, rise and set. But yes. We're spinning. Right. We're they spinning. Staying they rise and set. The they rise and set. So it's not like they just they Orion doesn't stay in the same place all night. Wait, so are we are we downplaying this this particular star occurrence by saying like it wasn't unusual? I'm saying that the star was exceptionally unusual, and astrologers okay. noticed it, and it was a timing marker, not a location beacon. If it were a location beacon, they would never have asked where he was. Right. Of course, we all believe that the OnStar system helped show the wise man where was, and when they got to the manger, they heard, you have arrived. They went into their hometown. Can I see? Yeah. Question. Didn't we have one question about where where was um, Mary, when the, or where was Jesus when the, when the wise man When the wise man came, yes, when the magic came. And I think the answer we said was none of the above. We do, the Bible doesn't say where he was. It was Joseph. After was Joseph. Where's Joseph? After coming into the house, they, according to the Magi, saw the child with Mary and his mother. That, right. The question was Joseph. Joseph, not Mary. Wait, is the child? Oh, the question was Joseph. Joseph. Could you Joseph? With Mary and Mary his mother? and his mother? Mary and the baby. Mary and, uh, she and Jesus mother. and his mother. Mary and his mother? No, no, Jesus and his mother. Okay. No, child. The child, the child <laughs> and his mother. Oh, 
His mother. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's and his grandmother. And Joseph's mother. You never know. And Joseph's grandmother. And Joseph's sister. Yeah. Everybody in the mother makes <laughs> I think I think my my focus, Gregory, is 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 again just to keep the star as a timing marker rather than a location beacon. I just can't see it as a location beacon. The scripture just doesn't support it. When it went before them, could literally mean that it was in front of their faces, not that it was moving. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. To, to but, but it, it implies movement to say that it stood over where the young child was. It does imply that. But again, how does that work? Well, actually, but actually, think about, it, think it about it navigation, but, but celestial it navigation. Celestial navigation, you actually, you actually do say that. Well, that star is sitting over that city. It's not. It's just that you draw a line across it. I, I guess the point is, how do they know? How did the Magi know where to go? Do you believe the scripture says that they they went into the well the grotto? Then we're done, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, Simeon's revelation about the Savior. Very. When, when does that happen? At the end again, Anna. I think that's at the very beginning. I think that's one of the earliest things. I think that was years before he was born. I would say a decade. Oh, Simeon, Simeon, not when he sees the baby. Simeon's yeah. waiting like, in the temple, impossible. just like Anna. He's a faithful old man, just like Anna is a faithful woman. She's been a widow for who knows how long. She's always in the temple. She's waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does that mean? Messiah. He's waiting for the same thing. He was told. How? He was told he would see the Lord's Messiah before he died. They put the baby in his arms. Now, now, now you can send your, your servant home. But what's interesting is his revelation, was that his revelation to Mary? Or was that the revelation that he received, that he had to wait years yeah. for the fulfillment? Yeah, this one is definitely Simeon's revelation about the Savior, that he would see the Savior, not about Mary. Not that's, what he said, what that, that about. he will... I'm talking about when he was told. He said, okay. my eyes have seen Right. But before that, it says Simeon, who had been told he would see the Savior before he died, that kind of thing. Um, Joseph and Mary's trip to Bethlehem shows up twice. Why twice? Did they go to Bethlehem twice? For the, uh, when did they go to Bethlehem the first time? Census. For the census. And when did they go to Bethlehem the second time? After, see the, after, after the Jerusalem trip. After the, the Elizabeth purification. After the purification. They're living in Bethlehem. After the baby's born, they didn't leave. They're living in Bethlehem. They have the baby and go back to Nazareth. They're living now in Bethlehem. And the time of her purification has come, so she goes up, they go up to Jerusalem. You got the, the whole uh, Simeon and Anna thing, and then where do they go? Back to Bethlehem. That could have made sense. See? Which makes sense geographically, too. I think Bethlehem is way closer to Jerusalem than Nazareth is. It's like 18 miles. That's like 80 or 90. You can spit there. Yeah. Um, John's birth. Early, but not the first. It's one of the first. It's early, but again, what about that star? We, we still know, right? You can place the beginning of this, the sighting of that star for the Magi. I mean, 
could have been a long time beforehand. They're like, well, let's see, what should we do now? Let's talk about Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, going Daniel said five years after the star appears. Yeah, you know, this right. would be the Messiah. Like Alright, so Joseph and Mary's trip to Jerusalem comes twice. Why twice? What's the, what's the first one? For purification. Uh, Probably for her purification. What's the second one? When it's 12. Good. How about every year after that? Right. <laughs> How about every year before that? <laughs> right. Good. Unless she didn't have to. Because you don't, you don't get that, right? I mean, if you're, if you're in the church, you wouldn't understand that she would be going, or, or that he would be going at least, to Jerusalem prior to that. You bet. Well, that may have been that may have been his first trip after he's after he was uh, after her purification. Could be because he's, he's we know he's for sure of, he's not of age. He doesn't have to go. No, but we know for sure that um, Joseph and Mary went to Jerusalem for sure when he was twelve. Right. For sure. Yes, but that 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 may be only her second trip. Yeah, it could have been. She's not required trip. to go. The men are required been to his go. First, that's right. It could be right? his first trip. All he, in life. He probably just stopped breastfeeding. At 12? That's what they do in those cultures. No, no. <laughs> what he's saying is that when she At went up for purification, she didn't necessarily have to have it. No, she didn't have to be with it. So that was his second trip. At least. At least. At least. Um, visit the wise men. We talked about that. The wise men showing up later. Later, right? Is is Jesus in the in the manger when the wise men show up? No. No way. He's in the house. Right. He's in the house, right? And you can actually see in the Greek the difference between baby and nef, um, uh, brepha, I think it is, brephos versus uh, child, child, which is technon, technon, not pythia, that's is technon. Right? Technon is is child, little child. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Zacharias's encounter with Gabriel. Where is that? It's got to be pretty close to the beginning. Only a couple things you'd have before that, right? Simeon's revelation about the Savior surely probably would have been before that, right? Because it appears that he's been waiting a while for the consolation of Israel, right? Okay? As well as Anna's Thanksgiving. Dedication of Jesus. What do you mean by dedication? Circumcision? No. The spring you know, on. Brought him in front of the pastor. Brought him to the pastor. He spits up on the pastor. The christening. 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 The uh, stipulated a particular time frame? I, I think it's supposed to be like it's right around the time of the uh, breast. Nowadays it's 30 days it's after. Yeah. Well, which I don't think we know, changed ever. We know they were in the temple for Mary's purification. So which we is, know it was not the eighth day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Questions on that? Good stuff. Good, 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 good. Okay. Okay, Justin. Sure. Yes, good. Let's talk about that.
Okay. So, a couple of uh, couple of announcements. We have community Shabbat this Shabbat. Yeah, we got the. Uh, if you want to come to the uh, Jerusalem IMAX thing on New Year's Day, and then head out to dinner at uh, Maggiano's, you're welcome to join us. Um, let me know. Be in Jerusalem. Oh, You'll be oh, stop. Oh, oh, stop. Stop. Talk about yeah. Jerusalem Day. Yeah. You're going to be in the movie. Yeah. I could be there. Yes. <laughs> Please. So, so anybody who comes and actually sees Greg, Greg in the movie. You know, yeah. All right. So, if you want to come to that, that's great. Um, there, was, there was something else. Sometime in the beginning of January. We will be introduced at some level to the first male birth in the that, community. That will some happen. level. That some level. Well, because I don't know what your plans are and all that, I want to. I don't want to make an announcement on that respect. But at some point, we'll have to meet your son. Well, yeah. There will be a circumcision sometime this month coming. And there will be too yes. much information. God willing, is by His grace. Amen. Hashem. We will be sending out as soon as we have the baby born, then the invite will go out. Obviously, we can't do that. Since <laughs> <laughs> there a star. Probably <laughs> is. Um, so I, I will be taking Kayla and Grace to the land this weekend. So if anybody has prayers, she'd like me to pray yeah, for you. Yeah. I'd be honored to do it. If anybody needs anything from Israel, like me to bring it back. Priest in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, New to that's, right. that's right. Let, we'll, yeah, let so for in a box, yeah. Yeah. All right. So when you're leaving and when when's the last time we can get you stuff? Well, actually, I didn't talk to you about that, but it, it, it sounds like we might be leaving Saturday night after Hamdala to Philly. And then our flight to Tel Aviv is Sunday. Sunday morning. So we Sunday can give night. you prayers on Shabbos? You'll exactly. be here on Shabbos, right? Are you going to be here, here for Shabbos? the Shabbos? No, I should be here on Shabbos, but then I'll... I'll after Havdalah, we'll so fly to Philly. we can give you prayers on... We can give you prayers yes, on Shabbos. Shabbos. We would, yeah, and the girl, both girls are doing right on Shabbos. I don't understand what they're them. saying. Is there, are they speaking Ashkenazi? Shabbos. I'm sorry. Shabbos. Stop it. The Sabbath. Okay. So that's uh, that's that. Are you up next week? Uh, or the week after. No, week after. Because it's the seventh of January. Am I up next week? Because next, next week is the thirtieth. <laughs> so Peter's up next week. Take wait. No. Take it. Next week is okay. the. Wait, what? We all, we're off one day. I know we're off. What's, That'll be next time. So what's next? Next, next what's week next? is going to be New Year's Eve. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Uh, don't show up here. Don't come New Year's Eve. It'll be a bad place to be. Bad place to be. You can do whatever you want on New Year's Eve, but because of the pagans on the road. Yeah, it's strictly a safety thing. A safety thing. You want to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Or be in someone else's home, right? Stay under the star. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Which, which yeah. one? Follow, right. follow your feet. Follow your feet. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think that's all the announcements. So Europe, Change what do you want? 
You're up to 14, so you're up to 7. Final lesson. So, okay, so we're not meeting next Tuesday. The following Tuesday, Joshua's going to teach on on the whole thing that we talked about several years ago about the moons, the sun. blood moons and, and all of that cool. and what's coming and what's stuff. really exciting <laughs> about yeah. 5774 yeah. and 5775 so exciting you're, you're scary wanna, yeah i mean who knows this may be your last opportunity to visit the land take a deep breath vote republican any of those things could be, could be <laughs> that. But, all right so that's it. And, then, uh, and then Rick will be up uh, in order to uh, bring us lesson seven. Finally, the last one. The last lesson. Four um, years later. Language of the Bride. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be one of the longest <laughs> lessons we've ever had. And it's one of the shortest things he's ever done. So, all right. So, Wayne is going to bring us through learning biblical Hebrew. If you're interested in uh, walking through this book with him. This book is 20 some odd dollars. And uh, if you can't afford it, there's some scholarship money put aside to help you. So pass this around, especially to the noobs who haven't had a chance to spend time with Lori, or spend time with Juliana, or have gone and lived in the land for months on end. So if, if you're interested in doing that, we're gonna announce this uh, next couple of times, as well as on Shabbos and whatnot. Um, but it's, but it's not really- But selling it on Shabbos. Of course not. Um, but it really is a, a cool looking study, so um, we'll do that, and we're probably going to do it on the off shop boat, shop toast, shop seam, toast, okay, so on the off Sabbath, we're probably going to, you know, do this and uh, have an hour or so um, to study. So oh yeah, by the way, doing that. when it rains, uh, shop a toast. <laughs> Oh, you want to you want to pass around for yeah. see? This is going to be up here, so come take a look at that, and you can look at the awesome mate that I uh, made it Peter on. Strictly coincidental. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't leave up the mate that he made me on yesterday because it was, it was such a new. Because that beauty would actually hurt people. It was such a new <laughs> But but doesn't this dovetail into that discussion about homosexuality? Can we, can we the not mate tell? that he mated you? <laughs> But, anyway. to, but to bring us full circle back to when you started the class, should we be able to tell where the last, what the last move That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay so you. We're actually going to play some of those games like we did many years ago, Johnny, because most of the guys have no idea what you're talking about. But that's, that's good. We'll, uh, we'll do that. Gentlemen, may you taste the sweetness of the world to come in this life. May you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come. And your deeds affect the hope of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet, especially if you're talking about homosexuality. And may your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One, blessed is He. May you have the self-control to look straight before you. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah. May your face shine like the brightness of the sky, and may your lips utter knowledge. Your heart rejoice in righteousness, and your feet run to hear the words of the Ancient of Days. Amen. 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 Am